Welcome to the JMS Podcast. Today we have comedian Sabine Sadiq. She is awesome. She came in, had a great chat, and uh, really, really insightful. Um, thank you for listening in, whether it's from iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Really happy that you guys are tuning in. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, I'm super, a little jittery. I have a show tonight, so I'm like, oh, I got a music show out of all things. I heard myself sing for the first time. Uh, I usually don't hear myself. I usually don't record myself, but I heard my uh, a recorded version of me singing, and now I am super nervous because I sounded like shit. Yes, I did. So I was like, all right, trying to keep positive thoughts for tonight's music show. But overall, it's going to be a great show. Uh, it's going to be surrounded by great friends. Time would decide. One of my favorite local bands. And Marty Maria, who was my guest last week, be performing uh, with him. Well, you know, before him. Opening up for Marty. That's so awesome. Although, I uh, don't think I should. But yeah, such a great guy. Uh, if you want to contact me anyway, you go to the JMS Podcast on Facebook. JMS on Facebook. You can send me a message there. And, uh... You can also email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Easy peasy. Got any questions? Want to say hi? Any praises? Any complaints? Well, you got complaints. Keep them to yourself. Other than that, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. If you're looking for advice, I don't know. I don't give the best advice, but uh, I'll take a crack at it and stuff like that. All right. Here's Sabine Sadiq. Enjoy the show. So, did you invite him to go to the show? Kind of. I, I just I, I just told him what I was doing on the weekend. And then he was like, oh, can I come to the show? And I was like, yeah, sure, I guess. And then he, like, came. And a few of the comedians didn't know I was a comedian. And I was sitting in the front. So, they kept thinking we were together. And, like, so we were just getting picked on. And then, like, me and him pretended that we were having a fight. And, like, it was like... Oh, you guys pretended to be in a pret- fight. We pretended to actually be in a relationship. And, um, and you never met this guy before. You're like, hey, no, it's, it's a first date. First you're you're here on my show. Yes. And it looks like a fun guy already if he's in on that. Yeah, exactly. And so I was just like, and I mean, he was cute. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, I feel I kind of bombed. So he kind of saw me bomb on stage, which was fine, I guess. But You see, you met him at OK Cupid. Yes. OK, how's that? I don't know. It's people, good. Do, do people, like... I don't know. It's like people have Tinder and Elka Cupid and Plenty of Fish. I assume each one's like different well, preferences. Yeah, I feel like... Keep okay. in mind, I know nothing of this. I'm still like very traditional old school where I still believe I might fall, like meet the person in person, mm-hmm. like, you know, the <laughs> one. Uh, so I don't know. Because this whole thing with, with online dating, I, I feel like a product, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. oh, here's a picture of me, my ingredients, my hobbies. And I don't... Then again, I'm like insecure. It's like, are they judging me by this picture? Like, I don't know. I should have yes, photoshopped it or something like that. No, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I feel like it's just easier online because when you meet someone, you don't really, I don't know. You have to, it just like makes the process go a little faster. I feel like. Faster. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you get to see, you know, what you like, what you don't like and 
after that you can give them a chance but maybe like in person it's just kind of hard to gauge what they're all about i don't know so it's like you cut through the bullshit faster yeah and then you can like narrow in on the kind of guy you want like just by yeah like you don't have to go on a million dates you can just like see a few guys that you like and try it out with them i know some people both uh gals and 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 boys uh (laughs) sorry i was trying to think it's the best (laughs) guys Uh, gals and guys yeah uh, that dates, but they do it for different reasons than 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 for romantic reasons. More like you know, friends or like trying to find friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. So for me, like the other person's like, do they are they really interested in me, or are they just here looking for a friend, or they're just lonely and need someone to talk to? I don't know. Usually, people say that actually. Like I've noticed that some guys are will write, you know, looking to make make friends on here. Like okay, if a guy writes, that he's full of shit. Really? I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Why? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Oh, I was maybe, like, maybe, I, I don't just know. do that. And I was going to believe you too. I'm like that gullible. He's right. <laughs> so anyway, so you went to our little theater last night, brought your first date. Looks like you guys had a good time besides mm-hmm. you bombing, but in that. Yeah. And then we pretended to be together, which was so much fun. And then, um, but like, it was just funny. One of the comics was like, he was like, so what did he do wrong? I was like, well, he just doesn't listen to me. He doesn't ask me how I'm doing. And, and like, I just made up this story. And then he just went along with it. He's like, yeah, I could do a better job. And it was just really funny. And the comics kind of initiated that, right? Like, they're always mm-hmm. trying to get in other people's business. Yeah, and it's honestly because I was sitting in the front row. I should have sat in the back, but... Um, <laughs> why did I sit in the front row? It was just me, too. Like, it was me and then, like, three empty seats and then people behind me. And I was like, this is great. I'm going to get picked on all night. Um, but it was still really fun. So we, we just got food afterwards and um, hung out. So See, sounds like you had a good time. Yeah, I did. You think you're calling this guy back for a second date? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna let him do it. I don't want to be the one who... Just, See, like, that's a whole different game now. What? How is it's it? Like, it's like, who, who, who should call first? Because I get in that trap myself. I'm like, I don't know. Should I call her? Should I text her? Should I email her? I you don't know. should. The guy should always do that. Should always do that? Yes. See, the way I look at it is like, okay, if she's really interested, she would contact me. Oh, come on. That's the way I... I think, it, yeah, I think you have to take turns, okay? Because <laughs> I reached out first saying, uh-huh. hey, I'm Sabine, blah, blah, blah. And then he reached back out and then he proactively came to my show so i mean actually i guess it is my turn but i'm still not going to take my oh. turn i want him to reach out oh okay well i hope this guy get, gets the message. my rules yeah <laughs> hopefully he gets the sabine rules <laughs> he should just know uh, um so. okay and uh do you usually tell people when you go on dates that you do comedy or is there something on your profile on, on okay cupid well i mean i do comedy i i don't like i don't put it on my profile because i feel like then it's just gonna be so many random guys like tell me about your stand-up and it just gets annoying yeah um so what i do is like if someone reaches back out or there's some interest and i meet them for the first time i'll tell them about it because how can you hide such a big part of your life you know what i mean like if that's something like like i usually go to work and then i go to mike's like i try to do it like two or three times a week um, and get like at least maybe like one or two mics in each night that I go and so it's just like that's my main focus so it's like I feel like I have to tell a guy I'm seeing about that part of my life it's, it's a lot of what I do oh okay how long have you been new comedy for it's it's been a little over a year now that I've taken it like seriously like when I, I moved here from Chicago a year ago and that's when I just decided to go for it do you do anything performance related before yeah I started off so um in Chicago I started off like I knew I wanted to do stand-up I was always like I just obsessed with it like 
I was obsessed with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> like, I would always watch his stuff. I mean, I was, I loved a lot of comedians. So, um, I remember I was like watching him one day and I was like, I just got to get on stage. Like, I just need to do it. Like, he was like my role model. And then, um, so I was like, maybe if I do Second City and take improv classes, I'll have the guts to do stand up. So then I decided, I started taking classes at the Second City. And literally, that's what happened. Like, I took a few um, classes for a couple months and then me and some, um, people in my class were like I kind of told them I was like let's go do some stand-up let's give it a shot and so we did um at a local open mic in Chicago and um at the greenhouse theater and so we did that and after that I just loved it so much um kept doing it second city it's pretty prestigious improv school yeah how was that it was amazing it just like it like I just felt like I, I feel like I left my heart there. Like it's just a piece of history in the middle of Chicago. Uh-huh. You can see all like these famous celebrities that have like come from Second City, like like Steve Carell, Bonnie Hunt. Like there's uh, so many people I don't even know actually, but their pictures are all like over the walls in Second City. Like it's just this old historic place, and you can just feel it every time you come to your class. And um, so it's just this. It was just so magical. I I love the Second City. I just feel like improv is not my thing (laughs) stand-up is right you know what i mean it's just yeah i like to do i think that people like people that do improv and stand-up i mean they're two totally different things i guess you know they're two different animal beasts yeah definitely exactly Uh, you know like uh i try to do a bit of improv i got kicked out of a i keep saying this on podcast but i got kicked out of a (laughs) sanzi state improv team because it's just a whole... <laughs> Why? We, I was just in a different frequency. You know, the, mm. the great thing about stand-up is you go through so many ranges. I'm not saying improv, you can't, but the thing is, it's a, you're in a group environment where everybody has to be on board. Mm-hmm. Stand-up, you don't need anybody's approval. You do... You go as dark as you want. You go as light as you want. You go as goofy as you want. Mm-hmm. As, as far as improv, the way I observed it, it's like, or, I want to do this. Is everybody on board? No, nah, not really. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then again, it's college kids, so I don't... Yeah, they're a little too PC for my taste, you know. <laughs> there were times I was like, ah, I think I just offended the entire crew. Oh, okay. it wasn't intentional. <laughs> oh. I just thought it was funny, you know. Yeah, and and it's always that you know that classic battle of mm-hmm. funny versus offensive bullshit. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but improv, I've, it's fun though. I had I, lots of fun doing it. Yeah, improv is a blast. My friend, um, he teaches um, Basil Nafuri. He teaches improv. Um, he went to bats. And like he's been doing this for like ten years, and he teaches, and it's really Excuse good. Excuse my stuff. ignorance. What's bats? Oh, bats is um, it's a, it's almost like the second city of San Francisco, I think, because mm. my instructor from Second City went to bats. I don't know what it stands for, but it's bats improv in Second City. I mean, in San Francisco. Um, so it's a pretty good improv school, I guess. Um, and so he went there. My friend went there, and he now he teaches improv. So I went to one of his courses last weekend. It was like an intensive. Um, two-day course and I, I just remembered I was like oh this reminds me of Second City this is so much fun but I'm really glad I do stand up <laughs> like you know what I mean yeah because it's like yeah like you said and improv is such a different beast and it's like you what I, I, I think what I don't like about it is that like you have to trust everyone around you and you're not in control the whole time yeah and I like being in control of what's happening in my scene yeah, in some ways, I'm the same you know? way. I need some control. I think that's why I'm a, a little hard to work with when mm-hmm. it comes to film-related stuff. Yeah, uh, sure. Because that's like, all right, I got a vision. We should do it this way. And then, yeah. And again, when I'm collaborating, I'm a little more lenient. But again, it, it's the same principles you apply in improv. Again, you mm-hmm. all have to be on the same boat. Exactly. And stuff like that. So w- since you studied improv first, did you have a was it easy transition to stand-up? 
Yeah, it was because um, for improv, I always felt like, <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I wasn't that good at improv. Like, everyone in my class loved me. They thought I had good energy. Like, I was always told that, you know, you're really good at improv. Like, this is great for you. Like, you have a good stage presence and blah, blah, and your impressions are good. But I just was I never got so into it where I was like, I could do improv, like, forever. It was more like when I jumped into stand-up and did my first open mic, I was so nervous, out of my mind. I get on stage and I was like, all the nerves went away and I was like, okay, this feels good. Where, was it at Chicago? Yeah, it was in Chicago first? at, um, my friend was hosting, um, some, well, she has a show called, I don't know if she still has it, but it was called The Atomic Comic. Mm-hmm. And so she had, um, open mics at the Greenhouse Theater in, uh, in the city. So that's where I went for my first open mic and it was a really supportive room. Um, it was a lot of fun. I just got up on stage and I did weird impressions of, who did I, I don't even remember who I'd imitated actually but it was uh it was really fun I like I really enjoyed it it was different than improv and again it's that control thing I liked the fact that it was all dependent on me of what I wanted to do and how much did you continue after the first well it was really slow I think I'd, I'd, I kept doing it um, inconsistently because at that point I just thought it was fun mm-hmm. um, and I, I did it maybe like twice a month I was still kind of nervous because I was like oh it's my first time like yeah the first one went really well but the next few times could just suck and so I was just still kind of scared and then um after several months I moved to California and then when I got here I was like the first place I went to meet people was at an open mic like I I moved in with my aunt in Milpitas and um I just like went on meetups.com and looked up open mics and I the first one I saw was caravan uh-huh. And so I was like, okay, it looks like that's where I'm going tonight. Oh, man. I know. I went to oh, Caravan. <laughs> like, that, it was that. brutal. I went there and like, it was it was fun. I got a few laughs here and there, but it was kind of a rough, like, you know, room. And, um, but that's where I met, like, the first people I met in comedy here. Or like, uh-huh. my first friends, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, you, you, it's a good thing because it's it tough as it, your hide, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? In, the, in your comedy, you need that because yeah. I think that's the great thing I love about comedy is that no matter how good you are, although you may have consistent laughs, you always have the possibility of bombing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. feel like I bomb all the time. Like, and that's good. I guess you have to fail so many times in order to really well, succeed I, in comedy. I've seen you perform it for Scotty and Woodhams, and mm-hmm. I, I like your style. I like it, your style in the sense that you come. It's refreshing when you come on stage because, again, mm. we don't have that many uh, female comedians here, and, and you bring a different perspective in life. And for mm-hmm. me, when I see somebody who who has a different perspective of life, I get excited. It's like, oh yeah, I wonder. Because yeah. after a while, you hear the same things, or at least you know you get get idea of the. Uh, the types of people that do stand up so for me when i see somebody who's who has different voice on a certain subject or an opinion it's Mm -hmm. like all right i want to hear what's going on yeah yeah i I agree with you i mean there's certain comedians that i feel like i want to kind of be like and that's for me it's maria bamford you know maria bamford i love maria bamford god she's oh yeah and she's one of those people that's so unique that you're just like what is going on in her head like that i mean i just love her paula dean impression i guess (laughs) who's funny and so when you came to California, that's where you took uh, comedy a little bit more serious? Very seriously. Very serious? Very serious. I was. I started doing, um, yeah, like I went to Caravan. And I guess I saw the other comedians and I was like, you know, Sabine, you got to get up there. You got to like do something about this. You love it so much. You have this itch. And yeah. um, I still don't think I'm all that or anything. Like I feel like there's so much more progress that needs to be made. But um, 
Now, is your family in Chicago or is your family here? They're in Chicago. Chicago. So you're born and raised in Chicago. Yep. And how, mm-hmm. did you tell them you do comedy? Oh, they know. Are they supportive? Yeah, they know. They're very supportive, which is shocking. I know a lot of people are like, oh, like, you come from a Muslim like Muslim background. Like, they, they're probably like, why aren't you a doctor right now? But, um, you know, my family is pretty different, I guess. Um, how so? They're pretty liberal. I mean, like... My mom is very spiritual and religious, but she's also more like, you know, Sabine, if you have a passion, you go do it. Like, mm-hmm. you're unique. I get it. <laughs> like, unique? Yeah. Just like, Are you the youngest? Yeah, I'm the youngest. Okay. So you're the baby. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, do you have two older? Yeah, my sister's in her 30, late 30s, and then my brother's 28, I think. So there's not that big of a gap between your siblings? Yeah, not, not huge. Are they into performances as well? My brother likes to say he's in a band and he plays the guitar <laughs> what kind of I music mean, like system of a down it makes me so mad um, why because like he he's on this weird schedule like when i lived at home like i would wake up in the morning to him singing system of a down like oh, yeah. at like 7 a.m and it's just like that's you nuts. not what i want to wake up to yeah like right. i would just like open his door and i'm like stop playing this you sound terrible and then like he would just sing louder it's funny because i I, <sighs> I play i like to think i'm in a band because really. <laughs> i play music i have a show tonight and i think uh, the same thing goes through my, my my siblings when i'm practicing in my room i'm sure you're actually in a band he yeah. was in, i don't think he's at your level <laughs> if you're if you're playing out like in places like you're legitimate he was just playing in his room saying he had a band okay so, and, and your sister she's also into performances no no she's a very traditional um pakistani woman like she married um she got married a few years ago housewife has kids um she's at i mean i think <laughs> she's really interesting she's actually my half sister so she's half irish and pakistani um so she has a very unique i have a very modern family like and i think I which get, does your mom or dad have irish in them or is uh, it? my dad married her mom before he married my mom okay so that was his first wife and first uh, kid okay cool yeah so it's funny that the irish pakistani girl is the most traditional uh, out of us three siblings you find that ironic it's very ironic if she's just like white this white girl walking around with like green eyes and like she's like blonde hair and she has like a pakistani accent because it just doesn't make any sense to people they're like what is going on here for me that's awesome it's if, funny. if i met her it's like you're, you're you awesome would crack up like she <laughs> she she's only into pakistani guys like she, she doesn't know anything about american culture really she has no idea what saint patrick's day is like it's just it's, are you bilingual you speak urdu as well i do i do okay. and i speak my mom's language which is um a dialect that most pakistanis don't know of it's what like region a, in pakistan is that it's uh it's ravel bindi it's so it's like a more mountainous region and it's like is it north it's north is it by karachi no no no, no. um more uh, by lahore lahore is lahore, like okay is like a, a city uh, like it's a, where everyone's punjabi that's like what they're called and right. my mom's a little bit further north from there in um a very rural region and so they speak a different dialect than anyone else so are you first generation pakistani american yeah mm-hmm. huh? uh yeah actually yeah so, <laughs> you look at it like you just realized it. Like, yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I never actually, think about that. I never yeah. think about that. I guess I think it's funny because I never feel like I have like immigrant parents. I've never had that real feeling like, oh, my parents are just so foreign because uh-huh. they really aren't. It's just um, we don't have conversations a lot where they're so different from me. Like my dad is he's traveled all over Europe when he was in his 20s. 
you know, he partied it up. I know he was wild. He won't tell me about it, but I know it. Uh, he and has then, a half Irish, half Pakistani daughter. Right? Yeah, you bet. <laughs> yeah, he's a wild guy. I, I know he is. And then he moved to Chicago, and he has no accent whatsoever. I mean, he's just like an all-American dude in, in a way. And so it's, I mean, I get along with him really well, and he gets me. So he came here at a young age he, to yeah. the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my, my dad's the same way. My dad's there. You uh, go. He's from uh, Mexico. He came here at, uh, in his teenage years, so he's like. Oh, but exactly. the pre- the pressure's still on, though. Pressure's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we we're here in the U.S., so you better. I know. <laughs> uh, you better be something big. Exactly. You better do something about so that. So when I tell them I do comedy, it's like they, they get, they're, they're a little disappointed, but. <laughs> That's you funny. It's, I think it's because you're a guy too. But like, oh yeah, especially because I'm a guy. You know, and so I think my parents are like, okay, so she does her comedy thing. Okay, maybe she'll find like a wealthy guy to take care of her while she does that. <laughs> I think that's how we're gonna need to look at this. Yeah. I think that's what it is. That could be it. <laughs> how about your parents? Did they mm-hmm. do anything artistic? Um, my dad has been in sales his whole life. Uh, he used to sell cars. He loves talking about that stuff. When he... Hey, my dad's a car salesman. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he has like He doesn't like talking about stories. cars, though. No? No. Oh, that's funny. Why? Right. Does he not like that part of his life? I don't know. Maybe oh. not. Never asked. Maybe. Never asked. Well, I don't know. Some people just like to share, I guess. But my dad loves talking about, not not about the cars, but like more about like his experience. Yeah, the yeah. stories and yeah. all of that. So he's just this hardcore sales guy. and yeah. Which is um, the reason why I'm not getting into the car salesman business. Yeah. I hear all those stories. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, like I don't need that stress. And I mean, I feel like it must have been easier to sell cars back then as, than it is now. I don't know why. I just... Well, like less. I'm assuming he came in the 80s. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's. Yeah, maybe. I don't, know. I don't know, but he um yeah so he does that now he flips houses so he's in, into real estate and he just. Oh man, so your dad's a hustler. He's a hustler, big time. He makes me like I, like I can see parts of that coming out. Like it's funny because he like negotiates like everything, and I find that I'm negotiating like all kinds of stuff all the time like when I'm out in public it's just it's just crazy do you feel like that's like a trait you you got from him oh big time yeah I got I am basically him like girl form like everything like he's just he's goofy he's loud and I feel like I'm like that is your mom the same way or is she more reserved she's more reserved yeah she's more she's wise everyone goes to her for like you know wisdom <laughs> so she's she's different i think i'm a lot closer to my dad than her she's closer the funny thing is she's closer to her stepdaughter sabrina my sister they have this bond that i don't have with my mom like maybe because they both speak the language better and they're both i don't know they're yeah they have a lot more in common i feel there's a hint of, of jealousy there oh yeah i is talk it? about it all the time <laughs> Yeah, whenever... Like, Mom, I'm, I'm, I actually came out of your womb. Talk yeah, to me. Yeah, you don't even care. All the time. Oh, my God. If you could hear my conversations with her, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, I'll call her and be like, Mom, I have so much to tell you about my day. And she'll be like, huh? And I'll be like, and then this happened. And then and then I made this huge sale. And she's like, okay, okay. Jaffer, the pot, it's boiling. Somebody turn off the soap. It's like, Mom, did you even hear what I said? She's like, yeah, I was listening. I was like, repeat the last thing I said. She's like, <laughs> she's like, your your sales. I was like, no, exactly what I said. Tell it to me now, mom. And then she won't know. And, and I'll she's be- like, you know, this is this is why I don't talk to you. <laughs> this is why I prefer your stepdaughter. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens. And I'm like, this is why we don't talk. We don't get along because you don't care about what I have to say. And this is what happens every time. And then I get emotional and I start yeah. crying. Yeah. And it's just. Yeah, I've been there. And now I'm sharing it on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. I've been yeah. in situations where I'm trying to talk to my parents and they got their own shit to worry about. I'm like, mm-hmm. nobody cares. <laughs> exactly. Right? Nobody ever cares about me. <laughs> yeah, but then there's the opposite where they're trying to, you know, 
talk to me mm-hmm. and I, but i'm like so focused on something else that yeah. I, i'm totally oblivious and and they're like you don't even care that's why we don't <laughs> talk to you it's like the tables have turned it's like a, it's like a paradox it's like a family exactly. paradox i don't know exactly so it's just like it's really entertaining to other people when i'm so, going through it it's not <laughs> okay and going back to com not just comedy, but when the transition, you went from Chicago to California. You've been to California before? You visited here before, right? The funny part is, I had never visited before. So, how for you, How must not have been that big of a culture shock. No, not at all. Not. I mean, I, you know what? I think it's because I've, like, traveled to so many countries in my life. Like, Where have you been? Well, um, when I was younger, my parents would, uh, like, me and my mom would take me and my brother to Pakistan, to, to her village, to my dad's city when I was younger, like, every summer. How to, old were you? I started at three when she started doing that. So, like, every summer after that, we would go visit my grandparents over there and, like... Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I thought it was... It was, like... That was a culture shock, you know? Like, being an American kid, going over there, seeing... It was so hot. It was, like, over 100 degrees every time. And, like, speaking this language that you're not good at, trying to understand what your cousins are saying to you. Right, yeah. And them making fun of you for speaking weird and having an American accent. Do, um, do, do they make fun of you for, for being American? Yeah, yeah, they do. All the time. Well, first of all... Do, do they have a word for it? Like, I don't know. Because I know, like, um, certain countries have, like, a word for it for, like, yes. uh, American-born. Yeah. Uh, so-and-so. Um, Angres. 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 Like, yeah. Like, this this American kid. Like, yeah, Angres. Angres. <laughs> Angres. Yeah. So, like, that's what they call us. Ooh, check out the American kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, who's this? It's kind of stuff I had to deal with uh, in Mexico. But it's yeah, fun. I, I had a good time, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, did you get made fun of? Like, for Oh, yeah, definitely. Cause all the time. Because my, my Spanish is not exactly on par mm-hmm. uh, to them over there. Yeah. And, and the great thing is I went from... Uh, oh, I celebrated Mexico in Mexico. Uh, I celebrated Mexico. Of course I celebrated Mexico. <laughs> I celebrated Christmas in Mexico. Uh-huh. And that was a trip. I'm yeah. not sure. Do, do you celebrate any holidays? Like, yeah. I'm not sure there's any international holidays in, in, in Pakistan. Uh, we just celebrate Ramadan and Eid. Okay. Oh, like Ramadan. That, yeah. That's a great example. Like, I know... Uh, overall, Ramadan around the, the Muslim uh, communities, there's similar principles, but each one have a little different uh, mm-hmm. thing to them. You know, because I have friends yeah. from Morocco, I would celebrate, you know, a fast for them and oh, Ramadan. That's so nice. And, and, and it's like they do it different from my Jordanian friends a little yeah. bit. So in Mexico, uh, Christmas was different from Christmas up here. Hmm. It was like everybody's in the streets and in the temple partying it up. Well, wow. here, it's more like, you know, you stay indoors with your family. Yeah, here it's like family to family, but over there, I could imagine, like, a big sense of community. Yeah, right? yeah. That's, I, yeah. I almost like that better. <laughs> yeah, and then, for some reason, my uncle tried to take me out to get uh, a, pro- a prostitute. It was weird. <laughs> so, uh, and you were like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, uh, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm taking you somewhere for, it's like, he like, got disappointed that there were no prostitutes in the streets. I'm like, uncle, it's Christmas. They're not going to oh be out God. here. They're with their families. Was <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, we just celebrate Eid, um, which is like the celebration after Ramadan, after fasting. Oh, that's so. a big party. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I travel. I actually went back to Chicago to celebrate it with my family. So that was a really good time. Does your family listen to the um, the Pakistani version of, of American Idol? Uh, or something no, like that? you know what? They don't. They're Because mm-hmm. um, I, I had a coworker who did. Oh, really? And that, that was pretty cool stuff. Like, I don't know what they're saying, but the vocals and the levels they reach, I was like, whoa. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not too familiar with Pakistani music. Um, I know some older stuff, but, like, even my parents, they don't really listen to a lot of Pakistani music, like, at all. Like, especially my dad. I feel like he's just this, like, American dude. He doesn't, like, there's not much, um, like, Pakistani influence on him right now. And, And my mom is more religious, so that's more, like, 
it's not cultural it's more religion is what she focuses on i'm curious how do they meet oh my god because they seem like opposites and almost such opposites oh my gosh well i guess it's like my dad um so after he married uh, vicky my sister's mom and like they got a divorce and my dad was raising sabrina my sister my grandma was like we got to get you married all right we need uh, (laughs) someone someone to take care of sabrina and you Uh and so then i don't know how she like found this found my mom's i think it was just someone like told her about my mom and so anyway, she was. She tells my dad, she's like, Jafar, my dad's name is Jafar, um, which is just funny to people. And she's like, Jafar, I found this beautiful woman. She has curly brown hair. She's very white because it's so amazing to be so white as a Pakistani, right? It's just a big, like, thing in Asia where everyone wants to have light skin. And so she's very fair and she has big curly hair, brown hair. She's beautiful. And he was like, all right. So my grandma and him went to her village and... <laughs> Um, they sat there and she was like gonna serve them tea but she was like in the kitchen like I don't want to go out there and then yeah. her dad was like my grandpa was like you're gonna get out there and you need you need to get married but she didn't she didn't want to get married my mom wanted to just teach and like uh-huh. you know she just wanted to be a teacher like, like a college professor for um, English literature okay. and um, she studied um, Farsi so I think she wanted to teach like poetry and other linguistic and stuff like that I don't even know um, but anyway, so she went out there and she was like, I heard she was just really nervous and she wouldn't make eye contact with my dad. And my dad was also nervous. So he's just like looking down. So neither of them are looking at each other. And my grandma's like, will you look at her? And then he's like, <laughs> and he's like, mom, stop. Oh, God. And yeah. then like, he didn't even look at her. He just like drank the tea and they left. And then after that, he told me he followed her to her work and then got a glimpse of her. Wow. And then they ended up getting married. And then she came to Chicago. See, that's so sweet. <laughs> that, that's exactly why I don't do internet dating because stories like that would never happen but then again I don't think I would trust uh, anybody my, my parents would yeah would. like when has your has your mom ever set you up with someone that you were like she all tried. right she, oh no never exactly never. They, they always try they always they try. Do. it's funny because my mom she wants grandkids already it's like mm-hmm. and me it's like I don't want any kids <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah exactly I feel you so Luckily, I don't have, I mean, there is some pressure on my dad's end where he just wants me to get, he's just like, you got to get married. I was like, oh my God, I like. Well, how old are you, if you mind me asking? 25. 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're the same age. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So it's just, uh, there's a little bit of pressure. I think I think his concern is like, like it's it's very fatherly, fatherly, like, you know, oh, I want someone to take care of my daughter and like, it's something like that. But I was like, dad, you raised me to take care of myself. Like you've always, you know, like mm-hmm. you've kind of made me this kind of hustler kind of of a person like I learned I'm it from fine. you dad yeah I was like you taught me how to be this way <laughs> like I'm gonna be fine and like let's be honest here but you know so that comes from a really sweet place um on his end but my mom's kind of ugh, like now she's like all right do your thing take your time find the guy take it easy and follow your passion so I really like where she comes from in all of this follow your passion well, that's, mm-hmm. I'm really glad they're supporting your her comedy big time do you do anything else besides comedy well um as a profession right now, um, I'm in sales. Oh, look at that. Duh, what do you know? <laughs> the, the, the apple doesn't fall far from Too the tree, from the at, tree all. at all. What are you selling? I sell ad space. I, I work at Indeed.com. Uh-huh. You know the job search website? Uh, which one? Indeed. You don't, you don't even heard it. A lot of people haven't heard about Indeed. I'm, I'm so, trust me, I am super old school, which is so bad mm, of me. Okay. I still buy vinyl and fucking CDs, all right? Yeah, because, you, we wouldn't know about Indeed. <laughs> uh, so when I apply for jobs, I go there in person and get like a paper application yeah. or a word of mouth. <laughs> and I do anything on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and people are like, oh, dude, just apply online. Dude, just mm-hmm. get a date online. Dude, just buy something online. It's like, 
Uh, it's, You're going to have know. to get with it, okay? Because everything is online. I know, I know. I'm way behind for some of my age. You have to change your ways. I got to change my ways. <laughs> I do. This is an intervention, okay? I'm here to help you. <laughs> Sabine was brought into the podcast <laughs> to convince me to be online more. Yeah, your parents actually told me to come in, you know. And uh, so you're selling mm-hmm. ad space. To, How's to, that? You digging it? You know what? I actually am. I've never enjoyed uh, working somewhere this much. Like, I've always... I mean, it's funny. Like, I I mean, I love it. I love it here because... And indeed, because it's like I have my... Like, everyone's like... It's like... I feel like we're all family. Like, me and my team, like, they're so involved in my life. They actually came to the, the improv for one of my shows. They were begging me to come see stand-up. And I was like, all right, fine. You guys can come. So my boss comes. Like, nine of my coworkers came. I was nervous, like, out of my mind because yeah. I had never performed at the improv before. Uh-huh. And this was, like, just a few weeks ago. Oh, um, congrats. Thanks. Which, yeah. It was, what show was it? Um, Kabir Singh, he, like, I think oh, he hosted huh. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of fun. I did well. And, um, you know, my work people loved it. It was a really good time. And then the funny thing is, like, the next night I ended up hosting at the improv. And I was like, all right. Look at you. Already <laughs> putting good. big moves. I know. I was excited about that and really nervous. Um, but it went really, really well. And so I just, like, I'm very connected with my work people. Like, they're not just, it's not just like a job. It's like they actually care about me as a person and we all really care about each other. Like, my boss always not wants to know what I'm up to and, like, we're all really involved with each other. So. Okay. And. Feels nice. Are you, like, the, the comic of the office now or? I feel like there's so much pressure right? being a stand-up yes. comedian. It's yes. like, it's like, calm down. I'm not that funny in person. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I don't, I don't even know. I mean. At my job, I think most, there's, I have so many funnier coworkers. That's exactly like me. Like, And, and then I just stay quiet. And, but, mm-hmm. but, but that's the mind of a, of a writer, of a comic. It's not the guy who's the funny guy in the group. It's the guy yeah. who's, who's like walking home and be like, I should have said that. Oh. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. There's like two people at my work or two or three people that I'm just like, these guys are out of control, funny. I feel a little intimidated right now. Like they should be doing stand up. But then I'm like, wait a minute. Like I know how this works. Like I don't have to prove myself right now. Like I don't need to just be funny all the time. Like that would be really stressful to have to just like tell jokes all day and be like, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, I don't know. I still feel that weird pressure, but I'm like, if you want to see me be funny, come to a show. All right. I'm not just going to be funny all day long for you. Fair enough. And like try to make everyone laugh. Okay, and uh, so you you said that you, you got inspired to do stand up when you watched Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Were you like a teenager? Yeah, I I remember like when I was younger. Um, like in in middle school and high school, I was always really goofy. I was always like really goofy. Go- so goofy. I was also. This tall, awkward, lanky kind of a person. It's like a very oh, unattractive. So, so goofy physically. Oh, don't. I was like. <laughs> putting yourself down too much. No, I'm not putting myself down. I was really like just like this tomboy, like wearing hoodies all day. And like I was this, I was an athlete and I just loved to make people laugh. I just, that was my thing. I always wanted to entertain people. So mm-hmm. I was always cracking jokes in high school and like being funny and, and weird. And like I was super, super observant. Like I would always watch people and like, not, not in a creepy way. That sounded so creepy. <laughs> sounded from so a, creepy. From a distance. <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> With my backpack in the corner. Like, no, I just, um, no, I just, like, noticed things. I just, I felt like I was just observing from an outside perspective, like, everyone in my high school. And I just, like. Oh. Is it, did you feel like an outsider? Um, a little bit. But you know what? I think a lot of people in my high school did. It was just, my high school was just really brutally known for being really clicky. And mm. I think there were a lot of people that felt like outsiders in my high school. It was just, like, I lived we were very middle class but I lived in a very wealthy neighborhood so there's like a lot of rich white preppy people all around me 
and um, not a lot of Pakistanis and like and so I think some people did feel kind of so awkward and left out was it mostly homogenous uh, Caucasians yes it was um, but I was an athlete like I was on the tennis team so I had my own kind of group of people so I was okay I was okay but I was still like I still felt kind of lonely in high school mm. um, but I always still was funny like that was my thing I think people like knew me for telling jokes so you, it looks like you floated around yeah, totally a floater. I never had yeah. like a like consistent group of friends. It was always just like, oh, I like this person. I'm going to hang out with them this weekend. I like this person. I'm going to hang out with him or her. Um, it was kind of like that. And um, and so like whenever I needed to go to my happy place, I would just watch stand up. You know, like Your I watched George Carlin, George like, Carlin, Mitch Hedberg. Oh, wow. You from the, off the bat, you were introduced to these great. Uh, yeah, I, I just like I think I think it all started when I Googled like best comedians ever. <laughs> <laughs> dumb right. and like i think they popped up uh-huh. <laughs> and so i watched them and like i just did, started... did you get it though like mm-hmm. george carlin yeah i loved his humor i was almost like he just like it was like political because <laughs> when, when i first got into george carlin it took me a while to process it yeah i was like what i don't know i think i was like 13 or 14 oh wow because in my head again i was introduced like george lopez so it's more like rambocious mm-hmm. yeah uh, performers Right, what right. George Carlin's more of like, you know, hey, I'm saying something. I'm, I'm funny, I'm doing something goofy, but, you know, I'm saying some I'm real saying shit some, here. Exactly. Right? So for me, it took a minute to process. I was like, oh. For sure. Well, um, yeah, I, I I agree, actually. Like, I was like, I was like, I follow you. Like, I believe you. Like, I was like with him. I was like, I'm supporting what you're saying right now because you have some good stuff to say. Uh-huh. And so and then Mitch Hedberg was like a totally different kind of guy, right? With right. his like quick one-liners. He's always like on drugs. And I was like, this guy's interesting. And so then I started listening to Dave Chappelle, and I was like, I love this guy. Can I please be the female version of him? God, uh-huh. let me be him. Like, I just loved his, his impressions. And then then it's funny, because I was introduced to, everyone was like, oh, have you heard of Russell Peters? And I was like, who's Russell Peters? And then I, like, watched Russell Peters, and I was like, wow, this guy only talks about brown things. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and, and I was like, where do I fit in in all of this? Like, uh-huh. how am, like what am I doing? And, um, well, I mean, that's later, actually, when I actually started doing stand-up. That's when I was like, what do I want to talk about? Like, am I going to talk about how I'm so brown? Because it's not that easy for me to do that because my parents are not that conservative where it's really tough for me. And, like, you know, like, I don't have any uphill battles with them. They're so supportive of what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, so I don't know. I just kind of talk about, like, like observations. And I, I guess I do talk about my family a lot still because they're pretty entertaining. Oh, you know, you got to write what you know, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, still trying to find my voice, I guess. But uh, I forgot what you were even asking me. <laughs> I was thinking about your high school years. Uh, That's yeah. fine. Yeah. I took it, like, all the way down. No, um, well, let's go further down, then. Uh, <laughs> as of right now, how do you feel you've... Pro- you, I know it's only been a year, but you, how much progress do you feel you are in finding your voice? Um... And well, keep in mind, finding a voice takes at least like five to ten years. Exactly. So, I feel like I just scratched the surface. I'm not going to lie. Like, But you feel like there's something more in there. Like a lot Yeah, more. yeah. Okay. There's a lot more. I feel like I haven't hit my potential yet. I mean, like I, I do. I have I have a set, like a, a ten minute set where I'm like okay with it and I'm kind of satisfied. <clears throat> but I just feel like there's so much more that I'm not like, I, I need to dig deeper into myself and like just be more real almost and um I don't know. I don't know what there's. It's like it's like I talk about my family a lot. I talk. I mean, I don't talk about um, my everyday life as much, and I feel like I want to do that a little bit more. And I'm a clean comic, 
And Are you clean? Yeah, I'm clean. I mean, I think I, I swear the, once in a while. From the beginning, you, you decided to go clean? Mm-hmm. Was it the improv training? N- you know what? I think it was Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry <laughs> I like, Seinfeld. watched him, and I was like, I kind of like that. And I just thought it was it was more challenging, I guess. And I'm I'm just like that in general. I don't... I'm more... In general, you're I'm, not a potty mouth? No. I mean, I have my moments. I have my days. Like... But it's not, like, crazy where I'm swearing all the time. But, like, I'm, I'm actually very normal. Like, I do swear and, you know. Um, but I, I like doing clean comedy. It's just my thing. And um, I, I don't know. I just, like, right now, I just, I'm happy with my 10-minute set. But I there's just a lot more that I need to do. And I need to be more comfortable doing crowd work and kind of, you know, getting away from my set and just talking to people. Yeah. Like, that's what I need to improve on right now. Well, you know, you're in you sales. Know? There's something to learn from those principles as That's being a true. salesperson. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely translates. Do you ever worry about being typecasted? Because you mentioned, like, for example, Russell Peters. Uh, he's doing racial humor. He mm-hmm. does it well. Yeah. And, and you know, brown, quote-unquote brown subjects. And some people kind of go that route and they get typecasted as that one person that talks about mm-hmm. race. Do you ever worry about that or do you care? Well, um, I've thought about it. For me, it's more like, what do, like, I just want to make sure I'm not typecasting myself. Like, I, right. you know. Yeah. For example, mm-hmm. going like, just, I'm trying to clarify what I'm trying sure. to say here. I'm a Latino comic, but I don't want to be known as Latino comic. Exactly. I want to be known as a comedian, you know. Same. So, so that's why I, 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 I try to veer off from doing mostly racial humor mm-hmm. because of that. I'm not saying I wouldn't do racial, I would if I find like something worth noting. Yeah, but for the most part, I I avoid it, you know, mm-hmm. and or or stuff. Like, you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, right I know exactly what you're saying. I yeah, I definitely don't want to be. I don't think I I could be like a Russell Peters type. I mean, he's amazing and brilliant, but like, I don't think I, I don't want to be just like, oh yeah, this is the brown comedian. She just does like a bunch of brown people, Pakistani, Muslim jokes. Like, I or that Muslim comedian. Yeah, you know or that Muslim comedian. Like, I don't want to be known as that. Like, that's not at all what I want to do. Like, I talk about being Muslim, and I have a couple of jokes around that, and it, they work. Yeah. Um, but I definitely I, I like how Aziz Ansari does it. That's an, that's a good example where he is a brown comedian, right? But right. like, he talks about everyday normal stuff. He doesn't really mention the fact that like I'm Indian, guys, and here are my Indian jokes. Like, he talks about his, like, date dating life and, like, yeah. other situations. And I love that. And that's more of what I want to do. So, mm-hmm. I don't want to be known as that Muslim comic, you know? Yeah. Have you have any experience in the Muslim community comedy circuit? Yeah. I have. Um, so, there's, um, let's see. Like, I have gotten to know, well, I haven't known, I don't really know too many Muslim comedians, um, I know Zara Nurbaksh, she does this one-woman yeah, show. Yeah, the podcast. She, yeah. she also has a podcast. Yeah, that's... She, the, uh, mm-hmm. I, she's, I think she's an awesome, interesting person. Yeah, And she so, has a lot of interesting subjects. Definitely, definitely. Good Muslim, Bad Muslim is her podcast. And so um, we hit up an open mic together. We went to Penelope's one time in Oakland, which was a really good time. Um, so it was cool to see her material. She's definitely really seasoned. I don't know if she does much stand-up, but she, she does her one-woman performance. Um, and I, I think she does stand up just randomly, um, uh-huh. <laughs> she, I guess. Just flex out that muscle. Yeah, like that's performing. what I, for sure, for sure. Um, and who knows, maybe she wants to get more into that. I don't know. But um, so I know her. And then there's something called the Muslim Writers Collective. And it's um, basically it's this this uh, once a month thing in Oakland where uh, a bunch of Muslim people get together. And um, we have this room where. Um, you, you can perform anything you want. There's usually topics, and then everyone comes up and reads a poem. 
are or just talks about that topic and then I just do stand up. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like yeah. I feel like I hijacked it. The first right. time I went up there, everyone was like, What is she doing? Like, we like it. <laughs> then, this is a weird poem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's just talking to us. What kind of poem is this? So I kind of like hijacked it. And then after that, of like the whole Muslim community was like, oh my gosh, this girl does stand up. And like, I felt like a, I still feel like a little bit of a celebrity in the Muslim community, but it's Have you performed nice. in front of a Muslim crowd? Um, let's see. Um, well, I've invited my friends out. So like a bunch of my Muslim friends have come to support me. Right. But what wasn't like a, an event? Or no, but I will. Um, well, there's a show at Cobbs on October 1st that I'm doing. And I think that's going to be like Middle Eastern, um, Asian people kind of, uh, like comedians will be there. Like, There's going to be like Samuel Bade, Kabir Singh is going to be there, um, me and a few other comedians, I guess. So that's going to be a brown crowd. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah. Um, Sorry, brown crowd. Yeah. <laughs> brown crowd. I just call them brown people. <laughs> um, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll experience that for the first time. But I think I'll be fine because when I perform in front of the Muslim Writers Collective, it's like the same idea. Right. I, and it helps that you're clean as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Most definitely. And not a potty mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, like, you know, shit comes out sometimes. Yeah. But... Shit does come out sometimes. I, I Yeah, I think it comes out a lot, actually, for me. And so I'm not that clean, but I don't know. For you, the most part. Do you have any other current inspirations in comedy? Um... Right now, I'm honestly... Every time I go to an open mic... I'm inspired. I'm not going to lie. Like, I see all these comedians and I'm just like, wow, how do they do it? Like, how does it just come to them? It looks so natural. But then I'm like, you know, it, it took them years to be where they are right now. And like, mm-hmm. I got to give them props. Like, I I love it. I love coming out and seeing all these other comedians that are like, yeah, years into it. And I'm just like, okay, I need to, I'm going to, I'm going to get there one day, you know? See, it's good. It seems like you're not too hard on yourself, but you're, you're, you're disciplining yourself. Better. I'm trying to discipline myself. I'm not going to lie. I am pretty hard on myself though. Like, Right now, this is me talking, like, I'm calm and stuff, but, like, at open mics, like, I, I support everyone and everything, but, like, it does hurt because you're just like, why am I not there? Yeah. Why am I not there? And then you just have to keep reminding yourself it takes time. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a battle with yourself yeah. internally. Yeah, and then there's those times where you're like, oh, I did so bad. You're like, oh, you did pretty good. It's like, don't fucking tell me I did good. That's I know sh- I did bad. Yeah, like last night, I feel like I... I bombed and also in front of the okay cupid guys i'm like oh <laughs> wonderful like my life is just amazing uh, but but then the yeah. fact that he was cute but, uh, and i liked him note to self never perform stand up <laughs> on the first day yeah it. seriously right what was i thinking like oh my gosh i was not thinking apparently <laughs> but you know what whatever the date went well so <laughs> it's okay um do do your parents prefer you to date muslim or does it are they like pretty okay mm. They, they, the they do I don't know you know what I don't know they prefer Muslim and I do too um I don't know where I'm at in that regard right now I'm just trying yeah. to meet people so we'll see see I have the bad I wasn't the bad luck but you know there, there's a couple times where I try to date Muslim well, women really um yeah for some reason I, it's a, the hijab's a turn on for me I don't know why <laughs> it just is uh oh and, and and they're like I'm brown, so they assume I'm Middle Eastern somehow. Yeah, I can but, see it. But but when they when they find out I'm Latino, they're like, no, I really can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know where I stand in that regard. I'm like, just, I don't know. I'm just trying to meet people, see who I mesh well with, and then take it from there. Do you have like a type? Um, I don't know. I really like white guys. <laughs> that doesn't help. Yeah. I, um, 
I think, like, I played tennis my whole life, and, like, when I was in high school, like, I always liked tennis is a tennis tough players. Sport. I don't care what people say. I, I, yeah. In high school, I was demoralized when I tried out for tennis. Mm. I was in football, really? and I was in soccer, mm-hmm. and me and my friend were like, you know what? Tennis. It's tryouts. Let's <laughs> do it. It looks easy. So you didn't even know how to play? No, we had no idea. Oh, my gosh. So we, we met up the day before the tryouts, and we're doing it to ourselves, and we were like... We weren't great, but we thought, hey, it's a pretty good pace. And we're, we're, mm-hmm. we don't know what the hell they're doing, so it's a slow pace. Yeah. We get to tryouts. It's like a whole bunch of people, like people bigger than me, obese than me, mm-hmm. kicking my ass at tennis. <laughs> Just completely like, yeah, I I believe it. It's it's, it's, it's so, it's tough. It's really competitive. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like in my high school, it was, we were like the number one in the state. So my high school it was just a big deal if you got onto the team yeah. so when i played for the first my t- first two years there it was pretty amazing like i was i felt like a hot shot i was called <laughs> sabine the machine my serve was untouchable not 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 uh, sabine williams or anything like that <laughs> oh my gosh my ugh, my whole life my dad would just he he thought he was serena williams dad like that's what he <laughs> wanted to be i'll be your manager yes exactly yeah. that's that's the life he wanted us to lead together like yeah. you know and so it's funny because like we would go to family parties and everyone would be like oh yeah my kid uh, got straight A's in class and my dad's like over here like my daughter is gonna be like the next Serena Williams and she's just yeah let's talk about tennis and like, yeah. I'm like what what are you doing you're not following the stereotype and you're not letting me either and yeah. uh, which was fine so he always had this dream that I was gonna be like this incredibly successful tennis player and then he was gonna manage you around the world yes but there was a lot of pressure in tennis I'm not gonna lie especially if it's just it's brutal you're on the court alone and you have to strategize and just you know what it's almost like stand-up it's almost like stand-up also because you are you're on your own basically and you have to navigate what you're going to say based on the crowd whereas on a court you have to do it like based on like what's how someone hits a shot to you like do you want to go across court or down the line Mm -hmm. you have to like assess the person you're playing with to see what their weaknesses are what their strengths are um there's a little bit of similarities there i guess do you do well on team tennis or like the two on two uh doubles doubles yeah i do okay tells you how much i know yeah yes it's funny well two teams oh my gosh (laughs) jeez um yeah you know what that's funny i feel like doubles is like improv and singles is like (laughs) is stand-up so we we figured it out bam got it yeah so so no i wasn't amazing at doubles (laughs) (laughs) bottom line you're like you know what just just step out i got this i got this (laughs) everybody just leave okay (laughs) I'll take care of this side of the court. Get out of here. There you go. So yeah, it was always I was always better at singles. Um, just like stand up, I, I feel like. Um, but yeah, so tennis was always there in the background, and it still is. Like I always play. Um, just to like I, I go on meetups and I meet people to play tennis with, which is a lot of fun. See meetups. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like when I was running for Scotty, once in a while I would uh, get a huge group of people come in i'm like oh, this, oh my show must be going great <laughs> and it turns out i mean i guess not to brag but it is pretty great anyway uh <laughs> it was but but then later um i found out these group people would join at meetup.com oh is that what we mean by meetups yeah meetups mm-hmm.com that's and was, it and did you have your event posted on meetups no somebody else did oh okay which helped Mm-hmm. But I was like, wow, the idea of like, hey, none of my friends want to hang out with me. So I was like, what's on meetups? I'll meet other people. Make I'm telling friends. you, I think it's the coolest thing. I really do. Especially if you like move from a different place and you don't yeah. have like a circle of friends. It's really nice to just find someone new and play tennis with them or join them for another thing. So even then, I feel insecure. I was like, am I even cool to be with this group of people? I don't know. <laughs> 
I you don't just really gotta do get much. out. You, I gotta yeah. get out there. That's, that's you gotta get out there. But I mean, you do do a lot. Like, what are you talking about? You what are you talking about? You run a podcast. You play, you play in a band. I mean, you've got a lot going on with uh, your life. You do stand up. I mean, come on. Yeah, but it's it's like how you said. You know, you see others doing mm-hmm. similar things, and they're seasoned. And you're like, I wish I was that level. Yeah. You just feel like you're not. So it's the same way. Okay. So it's it's like I feel like I have a long way to go. I feel you. So yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, meetups is good for for meeting people. Um, and that do the same hobbies that you do or that you want to get into. Like, there's so many hiking meetups for like people that are like new to the bay. So I feel like, oh, cool. Like I can connect with these people. Um, there's a ton of meetups. I I love that site, <laughs> and I am not ashamed of it. <laughs> Seems to be working out well for you. Yeah, that's good. What do you mostly do? Uh, which mics do you hit up usually? Um, well, because I lived in Milpitas, like when I first moved here in, in San Jose, uh, most of the time I just I would do like Woodhams, um, <clears throat> Caravan. I would do Frascati pretty frequently. That's where I, I first met you, I think. Yeah, probably. I think so. Um, what else did I do? Uh, I don't even know. But now that I'm in Millbrae, I do a lot of the San Francisco mics. So I'll do like 222 Hyde. Love that spot. That's uh, Michael Brandon's room, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a really good time. I love that room. Um, and I'm just doing, like I did OMG Brainwash the other night. So that was fun. So I'm trying to, I'm mixing it up. I did um, Underground in, I think in Redwood City. Mm-hmm. Underground there. I've not been there. I've not been there. So that was fun. There's Backyard and there's Underground. Yeah, so what happened, I, I'm kind of confused. But like last week, what happened was I think underground that's the name of the show right underground i don't know i think so yeah so they they did it at the backyard place the, the backyard coffee place because there's construction going on in the original underground place so anyway they moved over there so i did that for the first time that open mic and that was fun um i had a really good time i actually had an okay cupid date bef- like there before the open mic <laughs> A different OK Cupid. Date. Yeah, different one. How often do you go on these OK Cupid dates? I'm getting really into it now. Okay, Cause, yeah, because I never. I'm not judging, by the way. It's it's. Well, I'm getting defensive. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no. Do you feel defensive? No, no, I don't. Because I never really dated a lot, and so it's like now I'm finally making an effort. Do you feel like dating's hard? I find I just, dating's hard. It's. I think it's hard, but I just also never like. I've always been kind of picky, and like I always just never gave anyone a chance, and like. Yes. Yes. I'm See, admitting it. it. Yeah. I, I totally get that. It's okay, like, you get it. It's like, I, I shouldn't be picky because I'm balding and I'm like, you know, <laughs> not that great looking, but still, it's like. You're you know, still kind of picky. You yeah. have to be. Everyone is allowed to be picky, I feel like. Um, so now I'm just trying to take it more seriously. Like, I, I should meet people and, like, make an effort. Okay. So it's more like that. So that's why I'm not like, I'm not like desperate. Like, oh my God, I got to meet someone. But it's just but like, it's not like you, if there's my a good, biological clock is ticking, I need to find nothing, something, like, nothing like that. No, no, no. It's, it's just like, it's. I mean, it's just like, you know, it, it's nice to go out on a date and like to meet a guy and, you know, it's just something I haven't done enough. So whenever there's like a good guy that I, I see, I'll, I'll, you know, if he hasn't already initiated it, I will. And so we ended up uh, going to the backyard, um, backyard coffee place for um, our date. And it was funny because I, I didn't realize that an open mic was happening there that night. Oh. And so he was asking me, he's like, so where do you do stand up? <laughs> and so I'm just like looking inside and I was like, well, um... <laughs> lot of uh different places venues yeah and like i wouldn't say it was there like i, right. I just didn't want him to stay so yeah. after the date i was like all right good meeting you and he left and then like i like, drove around the block and went right back in oh, wow. <laughs> that, that is commitment right there I know. <laughs> and then like at the mic this guy in the audience is a heckler kept asking he's like tell us about your relationships i was like okay i went out on a date right before this and they were like yeah let's talk about it and i like 
talked about my OkCupid date again. Do you feel as a female comic that's something people are like pining to know is your relationship and stuff like that? Yeah, all like the time. when you're on stage. All the time. I feel like that's what the first thing people... In some ways, I feel like some female comics are, are typecasted that way. Of, of mm-hmm. And I don't want to be typecasted that way. I don't like that. Like, I, I don't like that people are focused on, like, my looks as opposed to what I'm saying. And, you know, is she single? Like, what is her relationship? What kind of brown is she? Like, mm-hmm. what is she? Like, that, I don't know. See, I that, just... That's why I plan to be unattractive so they look at none of them. <laughs> just at my work. So smart. Too bad you are attractive. <laughs> so it doesn't work. Oh, thank you. Uh, and so... Do you feel like people just keep throwing stuff at you? Like, like, hey, tell me, mm. do you like the dick? I don't know. You know what? I haven't really gotten too much of that, I guess. No but... hecklers? Well, actually, yeah, I, get, I get, like, some hecklers. Like, um, but it's, yeah, like, like that guy, I think that was, I've like, like, they'll whistle. Like, they'll whistle and, like, Ooh, that's gotta be say nice. dumb things. And, like, sometimes I ignore it and sometimes I'll just go with it and be like, yeah, I'm into you, too. And, like, you know, so I just kind of go with it whistling That's, i was like all right i had a woman whistle at me once nice i actually did not like it <laughs> i was like what am i a fucking dog <laughs> i got super offended yeah. so i couldn't imagine being a female and mm-hmm. having that on a constant basis yeah i gotta be less awkward about it because i think i am awkward about it like i was at woodham's and this one guy was in the front and he was like tell me about yourself and i'm like what the <laughs> what the f like i'm just looking at him like i don't even know what to say right now like i am so caught off guard like Uh (laughs) i was gonna talk about like Uh like my jokes right now but Uh you're like hitting on me in a weird way and so i was like um okay sir and like and then i just started talking about myself a little more and he was just like where you are from and like i was like oh god so they always want to know where you're from where are you from what's your nationality what's your ethnicity it's it's terrible so i i like i do this one joke like where i i'll like um, I'll be like, I know what you're all th- what you're all thinking. Like, what kind of brown is she? You know, and there's there's one guy in the crowd who's like, I want to say Indian, but I don't want to say Indian. Maybe Puerto Rican. Now she has no curves. She yeah, she looks Whoa. pretty malnourished actually. She's yeah, a actually lanky. said this to you? No, no, no. I'm oh. just like I kind of just oh, make this oh, up. Oh, it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I was so like, oh. I'm like impersonating this guy in the crowd who's probably thinking this. So that one usually works. It's it it helps people get comfortable with me. Um, but no, you know, yeah, it's a good ta- tactic. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to technicalities of, of stand-up is, um, especially with the, with the crowd you're unfamiliar with, going self-deprecation is a good route. Totally. To I feel like I have to do that in the beginning. Like, I was watching a special by uh, uh, Ross. Was it? Do I want to say? God, I'm going to, people are going to hate myself. <laughs> hate me. <laughs> Ross, you know who I'm talking about? I said Ross. We had a special okay. that was in prison. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was such a great special of him performing it's like johnny cash type where he goes to the prison oh. he performs for these male prisoners and these female prisoners hmm. uh and and he goes there and it goes it's a bit behind the scenes you know before he performs and, he, and he's like yeah man or after he performs it like what we thought of he's like yeah especially with the female prisoners he was very intimidated because he's like he doesn't know exactly what kind of crowd humor to yeah. start with so he goes self-deprecation you know uh-huh make okay. fun of himself and then, like, once he sees, like, all right, there's a flow to it. Yeah. Then he goes to his, his other stuff. Exactly. That's what it's all about. Like, once you make everyone comfortable and you get that initial few laughs, you're like, okay, going to do some of my other stuff now. Let's see how that works. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, that was a mistake I did. I performed in Livermore and the crowd mm-hmm. was just not having it. Really? Yeah. You feel like they didn't feel comfortable with you off the bat or, like, maybe... 
I think it's because it's Livermore. I don't know. Okay, I don't know Livermore very well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know how it is. The mm-hmm. San Francisco crowd's a little different from San Jose. Oh, totally. Uh, they're fun. I love. Mm-hmm. I hate traveling to SF. Yeah, I can I hate walking. Like I love. It's, uh, here's my relationship with SF. I, I, I talked about this in the podcast. People are probably sick of it, but <laughs> I, I, when I'm there, I hate walking around these these hills. I hate the transportation there. Yeah. But once I'm settled in. I'm super happy. Mm-hmm. This is a nice cafe shop. Hey, yeah. this is a this is a great crowd. This is a great show. Mm-hmm. Just, totally. Just that journey to get there is what yeah. fucks me up. It's like I know, and that's why when I lived in uh, Milpitas in, in San Jose, I just never went out to San Francisco for any mics. Like I didn't even try. I was like, I am so happy with you know Woodhams and like all these little spots here. I don't even I'm not even going to try. Um, and then now that I live in Millbrae and I go to San Francisco, I'm like, I like it up here. It's cool. Like. I love brainwash. I think that's a really good time. Some really cool rooms. I've yet to do brainwash actually. Which yeah, which is weird because brain. I know brainwash is like the the place to to do stand up. Oh, for sure. Stand-up. So mm-hmm. that's, I gotta put that on my list. Yeah, yeah, you need to. It's it's a really good time. So. All right, uh, we're about that one hour mark. Closing time. Uh, where can people find your stuff or mm-hmm. best way to follow you? Um, honestly, at this point, I would just tell them to find me on Facebook. I haven't created a website or anything like that. Um, and I don't have much of my material recorded. But hopefully um, at Cobbs, I, I want to have that set recorded. And I don't know. We'll see what I what, what goes on. But right now, they can fo- find me on Facebook, Sabine Sadiq. And, you know, okay. take any, it from any, there. Any upcoming shows? Yeah, the, the one at Cobbs. Um, when is that? That is, yeah, October 1st. Okay, October mm-hmm. 1st. Yep. And um, other than that, I haven't planned anything out yet, just yet, but um, I'll probably update that on Facebook. Um, and, yeah. There you have it, people. Uh, Sabine, thank you for coming. Yeah, of course. Great it's talking fun. to you. Uh, wish you the best of luck finding the, 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 the okay Cupid guy. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. And uh, it's awesome having you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was really fun. I enjoyed it. All right. Have a good one. You too.